This is the Your Money Hour podcast. I am your host, Dakota Gretty. Thank you all for joining me tonight. I am actually talking to a friend of mine, Randall Webb, who owns Tarsix Corporation in Nashville, Tennessee. And if you all have known about the importance of IT security, this guy is your guy. So he's joining me tonight from Nashville, Tennessee. With further ado, welcome to the show, Randall. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, been great to uh, reconnect with you again since your time in uh, Nashville. Yes, sir. So we've been knowing each other for about a year, right? Uh, yeah, it may, it may be longer than that. I think it's, I think it's longer than that. Uh, I've gone back through some of my uh, emails with you and text messages uh, recently. And uh, yeah, I think it's probably more so on, on two years. Cool, cool. So tell us about, about who you are and your company, Tarsus Corporation. So uh, my name is Randall Webb, and uh, I'm the lead sales manager at uh, Tarxis Corporation, and we are a IT information technology company, and we uh, specialize in managed services. And basically what that means is most people think of uh, computers and IT, and they think of break fix. You know, my printer's broken, my computer's not working, you know, the internet's slow. And that's the equivalent of, you know, you call a plumber, they fix your plumbing or electrician, break fix. And while um, our company can do that, we're really more about services and managing services um, because break fix only gets you stable, but it doesn't ensure an environment uh, where you can consistently work at the level that you need to in order to really conduct business. And so um, we're really here um, to manage services such as your antivirus, your backups, um, the, your things in the cloud, are they the way that they need to be? And really looking at your security concerns and making sure that you're conducting business in a way that allows you to actually focus your time and energy on generating revenue. So that's kind of, us in a nutshell. So if someone came to you with a new company and they're in business making money and they need some IT security, talk about that. What does a company need, in your opinion, to be secure on the internet for the business? A uh, great question. And um, I think the problem that most people have is they confuse their companies with size. A person thinks that a company that is a global international company has different issues uh, than a sole proprietor. And that's simply not true. And it's because of the way that we do business. Um, back in the day, you know, before the internet, um, larger companies were able to invest in large computer equipment, large servers, uh, and they were able to have sophisticated products. Well, with the internet, that's all changed. The internet equalizes everyone. So every business and everybody does stuff on the internet, which means you are now a part of a large interconnected network. So regardless of whether you are a small business or a large business, your business is playing in the same playground 
as the large companies are, the wild, wild west of the internet. And so you have to think about the same types of concerns as a large company would. And typically what that amounts to is that the average business owner, they're not thinking about this stuff. They are trying to do their craft. Um, and I'm so glad to have uh, to be invited because there really is a lot of uh, similarities and overlap with what you're doing and what I'm doing. Um, IT security really is more of a risk-based question that actually can be quantified as money, meaning if we have an attack or we're down, there is a dollar amount associated to being down. And when people don't have IT security, the real issue isn't about my antivirus, my firewall, my proxy. That's not really the issue. Those things are put in place so that you are in a position to know the risks that are inherent with you conducting business. And it's a dollar amount. So usually when I start with people in terms of what do they need, I, I always steer the conversation to more of a concept idea in their head to switch their paradigm. Because the paradigm really shouldn't be, well, what do I need to you know, be able to you know, have my, that's really not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is, what level of, of equipment and items do I need in my environment that will allow me to operate at a level of risk that I am comfortable with? And that question varies from business owner to business owner. It's my job as an IT person to say, if you conduct your business in this way, this is what you are exposing yourself to. And is that a risk, both from a stress um, perspective and a dollars and cents perspective? From a fiscal financial perspective, is this something that you're willing to accept? I mean, sense. Because you have to be willing to accept risk because no matter how much IT security you have, there's still risk involved, whether a little bit or a lot. It's just what you're comfortable with. Is that right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, um, about it off air in terms of how you, people should view it, your paradigm, you said that it's basically a risk averse or risk. Mm -hmm. Right. It basically reduce the risk opposed to be, being a cost. Can you unpack that a little bit more, please? Sure. So, you know, most of the times, the, the problem with IT in general is, and we just have to be honest, IT is not a revenue generating part of a business. It is not. So whenever people have meetings and have discussions about their business, IT is always the thing that people are trying to skip over, trying to cut, trying not to invest in. Everybody's trying to do things, I shouldn't say cheaply, but that's really what it is. 
They are trying to find the economic path of least resistance, AKA cheap. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm aware of that. And that's why it's so important that the paradigm shifts. Um, because here's the thing, and you and I have talked about this offline, regardless of what business that you're in, all companies have one major commodity that the hackers are after. Now, most people would think, oh, it's my data. Most people would think it's my customer information. Um, you know, but your data, while yes, that's important and yes, that's sensitive and you know, you don't want to lose it and you know, it's irreplaceable, but that's not what actually will cause a company to go under. What will cause a company to go under is the inability to generate revenue. And, I, I, and I'll give you a perfect example of the, of the of, of way to ask this. How long could your business operate if you did not have the internet for a week? Hmm. Wow. If you but ask the not, average not, business owner. Exactly, like not long because that's what we <laughs> depend on, especially if things are in the cloud, right? Right, absolutely. And now if you had your own server in house, if you had like QuickBooks Online, for example, that's in the cloud, but if you had QuickBooks Desktop, you would be able to function. You would still be able to do things, but if it was dependent on the internet, you would be, you'd be sunk, your business would be sunk. So, and this goes back to what you asked. You said, so a person starting out, what do they need? Well, most people are going to do as much in the cloud as possible. And that's smart. You should, because it's less upfront costs for you. That's great. The problem is when you move things to the cloud, you are making a understood agreement that I am entrusting the security and the availability of my data and everything to a third party. You know, I am saying I trust you with my whole heart that you're going to do the right things by me. And um, there are times and there are instances when some of the data management and practice management software that people use, sometimes those companies get hacked. They, so, they get hacked. Yes, even big companies get hacked. Yep. Right, like, I think Equifax, Experian, they target. Yep. How, talk about that. How do these companies, as big as they are, which as much money they have, probably invested in millions of dollars of servers, how do they get hacked? Talk about that, uh, this <laughs> insight. So again, a lot of this stuff is paradigm. So we don't wanna get caught up in the technical stuff. Um, theft is theft. So whether it is digital theft or physical theft, theft is theft. So when you think about physical theft, if we were gonna rob a bank, Right, if you and I were gonna go and rob a bank. I'm not, but you are. <laughs> you, know, if, you know, we would not just walk up into Bank of America and just ask them for their money. We would case the place, right? 
we would watch when they open, when they close, right? How many guards are there? Where is the vault? When do they bring the money? When do they um, service the ATM machine, right? We would understand some of their habits um, and patterns so that when we make our attempt to physically go in with guns or whatever and hold the place up, we know specifically where we want to go, who we want to talk to, and we're in and out as quickly as possible, okay? And what we are looking for is we're trying to understand their procedures and the way that they conduct business and look for holes, or in the IT world, we call those vulnerabilities that we can exploit, okay? And so in the IT world, it's exactly the same, except the vulnerabilities are in the programs that we run, right? So Windows is software. The programs that we install on it have software on them. Software works great when people are using it in the way that it was intended. But programmers can't anticipate every type of input that people can give. And so a lot of vulnerabilities are hackers who give information or data or commands to software programs, servers, and a lot of it is just crazy stuff. Just to see what the server or code will do. And based off of that, some of the error messages and some of the responses that they give indicate what type of machine that you have. Okay? So everybody, you know, a lot of people, and I give you the first example, so a lot of people now, we're getting these robocalls, right? Google, your thing on Google is not up to date. You know, press one if you want to be taken off of that list. It's just, it's a lot, right? They're just wanting to see if you pick up. If you pick up, they know they have someone, right? So it's not about whether or not they have a conversation with you. They just want to know if the number is live, if the number is hot. And it's the same thing with a lot of these things that are on the internet. They're putting this stuff out there just to see who will respond and in what way. Mm. Um, and I'll give, you a, I'll give you a perfect example. So I think we talked about this before. Target a couple of years ago on Thanksgiving was hacked. Their point of sale or their register, right? Uh, was compromised. Folks got in and cleaned them out. How did they compromise the point of sale machines? Those machines were on the same network as their HVAC system. Their HVAC system was a smart system, meaning it ran on code. Well, hackers were able to exploit the HVAC system. And once they compromised the HVAC system, because it was on the same network as their point of sales, they were able to compromise the point of sale machine. So what may seem like, well, this is, you know, this is um, um, Flash, right? You've seen people, we're no longer supporting Flash. Flash has been known 
to have vulnerabilities that people can throw crazy stuff at it and it'll do weird things. That's one of the reasons why Macs are, you know, moving away from Flash. Um, so you, again, you're like, well, how, how, again, a lot of it is you have to understand programmers are human beings. They, they can't come up with every single type of permutation of what an end user might try to do. And people will just, they're just throwing things at it constantly to just see what sticks. And eventually they will get information that will give them clues of how to do other things. And once you compromise a piece of equipment, then that opens up the key to the shop of anything else that's on, that's on that network. Uh, so I guess you alluded to having a server and the cloud. Is that what you were alluding to? Like in terms of, is that in terms of having, using a server and the cloud? Is that what you was implying? Well, I mean, uh, so let's let's take backups, for instance, right? So a lot of people say, well, I don't need you to help me with backups. I'm paying for Carbonite, right? Carbonite's a pop. I'm paying for Carbonite. I'm paying, and and, and Carbonite is fun. Okay, you're backing up all of your data to the cloud, right? Great. If your machine is compromised and you have backed up two terabytes of data to the cloud, how long is it going to take those two terabytes to be sent back to your machine for restore? It might take days. So again, we're at that conversation. How long can you be down so if you're a sole proprietor and your whole business is on your laptop, right? And the hard drive crashes or you get ransomware or you know some of these other things, oh, I have a backup. Well, most people never test it. Mm. So how do you know how good your backup is if you never test it? Mm. You never actually go through the process of restoring it somewhere. Hmm. There's a major client in Nashville where um, millions of dollars of revenue a year and I went in and I took their hard drive out of one of their laptops and I said, restore it. <laughs> they couldn't do it. They said, well, it's, you know, they called their IT person and it's, it's not, I said, restore it. They said, well, you need to do it. I said, well, I don't need to do anything. This is a test of your backups. Now, this is one of the things that, again, the average person, you're not thinking about this type of stuff. And that's why you really need a managed service provider whose job it is to say, hey, if you are operating and you're not looking at some of these things, this, again, this is that risk question that we're going back to. This is the risk that you're operating under. Now, there are different ways that you can go about mitigating risk, but the business owner needs to be able to say, you know, I am operating, you know, in this sketchy environment and I'm choosing to accept that risk. Now, if you choose to accept it, that's great. We've done our job. But what we're really here to do is to put people um, 
with the right information that you make the decisions and then we can give recommendations about the right ways to go about it um, and what would actually make sense for your uh, business environment. So we're really more so about empowering the CEO or the CIO or the CFO with enough information to make a decision. Now you don't have to know about all the technical stuff. That's why you have your IT people to go out and make those decisions a reality. But with the internet and with COVID, you know, everybody's working from home now, right? Oh, it's so great. I didn't know about Zoom. The Zoom is so great. Well, if you are on your home network and there's viruses and stuff on your home network and you have your business laptop there, oh, I don't have viruses at home. I, but really? To the hackers, they don't care. It's just another network as far as they're concerned. So if your phones are not patched, if you know other devices aren't what they're supposed to be, your kids getting free software and doing God knows what, and then you're gonna bring your work laptop and work, you know, from there, you're subjecting yourself to all kinds of frisks. And a lot of people say, well, I have a VPN, you know, that protects me. A VPN does not protect you. A VPN protects people on the internet listening in on your conversation when you're connecting to your main office. So people can't listen in on your conversation. That's all VPN does. It's just a secure channel from your machine to your corporate network. But if you got a virus, that virus is going to securely travel across that VPN to the network. That's all you've done. You've just made it where no one can intercept it. Um, <laughs> so again, a lot of people, they don't understand. They hear these terms and everything is changing so fast. People don't really know um, what they need to do and what things they should really be concerned about and what things are of a lower risk um, and what things that, you know, that, that they're trade-offs on. Um, so I know I haven't answered your question specifically about what does every business need, and I can tell you, um, but I really kind of been going more so in this direction to kind of get people to really think because you know the, the answer to this is really more so about can I sleep at night? <laughs> I mean that's really what this is about. Yes. Um, and far less about well you need this you need that. So uh, perfect example, right? Everybody knows they need to have antivirus, right? Everybody, oh I've got antivirus on my machine. I got antivirus on my machine. And the question I always ask is, when's the last time you looked at it? When's the last time you ran a scan? Oh, mine does it automatically. Sure. <laughs> um, what type of antivirus do you have? Is it just signature based or is it, you know, operating off of behaviors? Um, and so there's things like endpoint detection and all these other types of things. So, you know, the, you know, the core things that everybody needs is one, modern antivirus, not just something that's going to base on signatures. 
but something that's actually gonna do behavior analysis. Um, two, backups, preferably on site, like a server, what you're talking about, you know, and in the cloud. Number three, remote monitoring and management. You need somebody that has a technical perspective that can access your machines and view if things are problematic, meaning you're running out of disk space, Windows doesn't have the latest patches, someone needs to remote access it and take over, you know, and do some stuff. Um, and, um, and then that's like, that's like the, that's your core. All right. Those All right. three things are your absolute core. All right. So that's where we can leave with the audience with having those three things is very important. So how can people find out more about Tarsis website and also about you on social media? Okay, so um, as far as the website, you know, www.tarxis.com. Uh, uh, we, we're on LinkedIn. And, um, um, you know, we don't do a ton on, on social media. Um, as, a, as a technical person, I know how social media works. I know that I know the importance of it, but there's a technical person on the inside that's rants and raves against that just do the good work and you know people will uh you know, pe you know people will follow but uh, but yeah uh my email address is rweb at tarxis.com uh, you can send us something to info at tarxis.com of course we're on linkedin we have a facebook page as well uh tarxis corporation and um most people when they hear the name tarxis they're like what does that mean t a r C S Y S T is for technology. A is for availability. The R and the C are for risk and compliance. So technology, availability, risk and compliance, and then of course S Y S is systems. Awesome. So that's what we're really about. Awesome. You know, your technology, making sure that it's available to you, you can access it when you need to, and uh, risk and compliance. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Randall. And check out the website to find more about Tarsus Corporation. This is the Your Money Out podcast. Thank you.